Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. calling COVID-19 Chronicles with Dr. Lulu. So this segment, we're only interviewing doctors. I'm going to try and interview 19 doctors. Not necessarily doctors of color, but you know me, I'm more malicious, so I'm a little bit biased towards my peeps. <laughs> but um, today we have another beautiful, radiant, queenager by the name of Dr. Nkiruka. A beautiful name. You're not Nigerians, but the Nigerians... And the Igbos, the Igbo that are listening to me will know the meaning of Nkiruka. I will oh. not tell you the meaning. You need to go find out. They need because, to go find yeah, out. Because yeah. I don't have to. It's Ero. big. It is a We're big going to find out. It's so, it's so, it's, and it's also multi, multifaceted. You know, it can mean, yeah. you know, in Igbo land, let's go there a little bit. Yeah, let's there's, go there's there. three letters that you can say five different ways and it means five different things. O-J-I. Can be O-G. Can be O-G. Can be OG. Let's you can just keep going. Yeah. So Nkiruka means multiple things, but multiple I need things. to do your homework. So you can you go get, find out. You can get can let us know <laughs> and get woke. And then you can make a comment in the in the in the comment section and let me know if you found out. But in the meantime, we're going to go ahead with our interview today. So Dr. Nkiruka, thank you so much. I'm, I'm going to happy. let you yes, ma'am. I'm going to let you do your own intro because you're also a mammalicious pediatrician. You know, we're like special. Yeah. Mm, cream de la yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> Dr. Lulu, so, first of all, I will say you're doing an amazing job, like in different, in, like in different areas. You're doing an amazing job in different spheres that touch my heart. And we will get to that when we get to the professional aspect. So I'm uh, Dr. Nkiruka Orajaka, Nigerian, of course, like Dr. Lulu. And I am a pediatrician. I practice in emergency room in Columbus, Ohio, at Children's Hospital. It is amazing. I love it. I love children. Emergency has a little spice to it. Crazy. And you can have a good conversation, save lives. But I love working with kids. In addition to being a pediatrician, I also have three beautiful kids that, you know, raisin. And I guess the world is different, which will get to the conversation again in terms of trying to raise them. But I have two um, preteens. I mean, actually, going to be having a teenager in two months. First teenager, <laughs> mixed feelings, but yeah, first teenager. So um, two teens and a toddler. So a little bit of a wide gap. So interesting mix of emotions. But yes, it's been fun. It's been good learning and mothering and professioning and all that. So yeah, I am happy to be here. Very happy. So I'm just. 
I'm going to throw in. I'm going. I'm going to throw in that you're a gangster. It takes a gangster to pull off a pre-teenager and a freaking totter. Do you know I'm what I'm telling you? I am telling you, lady. They mix of emotions every day, like mix of emotions, like tantrum, like. And then, and then you know what? You're doing it with grace, and and that is. And oh, you have to. Like you have to. Otherwise, how do you survive? Like you have to keep begging God to give you the grace to continue doing it, because you have to raise them right. You have to. Yeah. So, and that's why, so and that's why, with a little tiny little segue to what's been happening in the news, that's why when one of them gets hurt, you become an angry bear for a good reason. You like, know. It's even yeah. like I can't even imagine it. Like, how do you, how do you wake up? How do you even pick up a call and hear this? Like, how do you watch that? You you lived on, you carry the kiddo for nine months, and someone tells you because they think they are different, because they think they talked too much, or because they think they will be aggressive. Like, what are you thinking? These are innocent people. Even if one of them did something, you can go to the court. You can go get justice. It's not about taking a life. It's not equal at all. So it's like my being black, having black kids, it's a crime. You're a target. Like you're like sleeping and wonder, oh no, my son gets on the bus and goes to school. Maybe someone will come because someone thinks they're threats. Yes. I don't even fathom that. Like, yes. And if you're watching this, if you happen to be watching this, I don't know, five years from today, because this is going to be evergreen on YouTube. Yeah, that's true. We're talking about, we are talking about the recent killings of African-American men and women, children, boys, girls in America. Yes. In today's world. Today is May 28th, if you don't know. 2020. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And the space of three weeks, three or four of them have already died the same way. Yes. Because of assumption, yes, that they will be violent, that they look violent, that they look different. All assumptions, yes. life's gone. Yes, no point at all. Yes, and so I did my little rant on Facebook yesterday. Yeah. Find it. But in the meantime, let's get started. So, Dr. Unki, how do you want to proceed? So, the three three basic buckets I want us to talk about. The first one is how COVID nineteen has affected you personally how COVID-19 has affected your family by extension naturally, and maybe your nuclear as well as your extended family. And then of course, professionally, how has COVID-19 affected you? And this whole series of interviewing 19 doctors came about because in the news, if you haven't known, doctors, first of all, are very, very high risk for burnout. And because our profession is so weird, we're not allowed to cry in public. Yeah. We're not allowed to show emotion in public so we're not allowed to even call a timeout when we are pushed no. to the edge and so we have a very very high suicide rate. so i want yeah. a platform for us to just hang out and just talk about whatever that you feel comfortable talking about so i'll let you take the mic as it were and um, so so yeah thank you for discussing i think i may have to merge a little bit of personal and family together somehow as i talk about it and then I'll talk about the professional, which will be interesting too. So I think I was one of those that when this thing started out, I was a little bit in denial, like, oh yeah, this would be like the flu, maybe it will not last long. Oh, let's just see what happens. And I think when it started out, like 
this was the same time we're having the flu at the hospital where we're like, oh no, it will go away, nothing will happen, people were freaking out. And then it started dawning on me slowly that no, this is here to stay. And I am one, I am a very positive person sometimes to a fault that I'm always like, no, everything is good. I'm telling you, everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. And I'm like, wait, why is this not getting okay? I'm like, why is this not getting okay? Like, like, okay, because then our shift started changing. I'm like, oh, so now my schedule is going to change. So my sleep is going to change. I'm already used to do ER schedule. So I work, I can function on really small amount of sleep. But it wasn't just that. I knew that I had to think about it coming here, going home, figuring out like you have to change the time to go to work. It was just kind of messing with me completely. And then again, I had to figure out the fact that, oh, and then all of a sudden kids, school closed. So my kids are in school. The youngest is not because I have one of my cousins that lives with me. And then you realize that you have to bundle that with homeschooling, which was completely, I don't know, it's because I'm like, where do I even start? Like I, am a, like, I am a good doctor. Like I can manage patients. I have a good conversation with families. But when it comes to teaching your own kids, I'm not even it gets a little bit thin. Like my patient, I'm like, why can you not be patient? I'm like, no, because that's not what I am. I am not a good teacher when it comes to these kids. And that's one thing I struggled with. I had to tell myself, that was one of, I mean, I don't know what other people went through, but that was one aspect that I had to keep trying to come back to. No, you need the patience to do your, I cannot do homeschooling. Like, honestly, I can't. Like, you need the patience to figure this kids out. I was lucky enough that my kids are old enough. They're older to figure out how to go about it. But they still needed me in those initial stages, like this. But I could not handle it. That was one aspect that I almost broke down. So, and you know, you go, you know, realize that you're home, you go to work, and you come back. You have to figure out which one have they done, which one haven't they done. And I think during the initial stages, like I, um, what do they call it? Like my first son will submit his own. That's okay. The second, I'm like, why aren't you doing this? I had a lot of expectations for him to go on. And at some point, I said, you know what, girl, you. You all have to come out of this alive and survive it. You need to step back and figure out, you can't wake them up by eight and expect them to do the work before four. They're not in school, they're home. So you have to make changes. Otherwise, you, won't, you will all break down. So we kind of step back and say, you know what? Yes, you can do your schoolwork. Yes, you can have a lot of fun, but we can, like, we have to figure out how to paint this together. So those personal things and like family being able to figure it out. And then on the other hand, my parents are in Nigeria. Like, you know, Nigeria kind of lags behind all these things. So, and every day they will call me like, oh, we want to know how you're doing. I'm like, I think I'm doing fine because we have testing centers. Nigeria does not. So I am more afraid of, afraid of Nigeria and you people back home. Because I think this is when they said, oh, there are no cases. And like, how, like, they are worried about me, but I am worried about them because I know if they get infected, the healthcare system is not strong enough to hold this capacity. Like, what am I supposed to do? So I'm not just worried about, oh, here, uh, my kids, my family. I'm worried about all the other family you have back home. When you know the medical system is not as good enough, there's no one doing testing, um, people are struggling to between going out to survive or staying home to survive the corona. I mean, you know when they did the shutdown in Nigeria, too, you're like, I know people need to stay home, but people mm -hmm. need to go to the market to survive. So it was just a whole... Thing that I'm like, you know what? I would just shut like this. I just shut down and stay 
in, like just kind of say, you know, kids, let's just start it. Let's just stay. I need a moment to lay down and just kind of think because sometimes I hold things a lot inside and I don't talk about it. So it kind of bores. I have to kind of lay down and speak and say, get yourself together. You cannot forget everything else. Some days you have to let go. Some days you have to say, let go. The work didn't get done. Fine. Move on. Pick your battles. Pick your battles. Exactly. Pick your battles. You don't want to break down. And that's yeah. not the whole idea. You have to come out alive. Exactly. So those were some, yeah. So those are some mental things I have to keep like thinking about going back and forth. Like it's homeschooling. It's like personal. You have to go to grocery. You wear a mask and things are changing. Like, you know what? You just have to pick your battles and decide how you want to come out of this COVID-19 stuff alive. Yeah, essentially just take a break, call a timeout and regroup. Yeah. And I think yeah. all of us had to go. I think for me personally, the first week I was excited because my kids in college, both Came of them. Back. So it was a euphoria until it hit them that they were not going back from spring break. I know. It hit them that, wait, you might not have a first semester after, long, after summer. Then they now started having their own issues with exactly. go back to school. They're young adults. And then I have yeah. to educate myself in the sense that, wait, I got to allow them to play the video games. That's okay because they're doing schoolwork. It's new. They didn't, my eldest son was my biggest challenge because he's supposed to graduate in two yeah, exactly. He won't graduate with his friends. He didn't get a chance to say goodbye to his friends because it was like, oh, we're yeah. going So it was a new way of thinking and then i specifically had to meet my son the man because it's like he grew up and he's grown up in four yeah. years but in those four years he's only come home for a week or two. Oh yeah i see so it was a new it, it was a crying moment for me personally just oh my god when he goes away to masters that's it so i'm like trying to and then also trying to mix of emotions it was a whole lot of mix of emotions i think initially like my my kids were excited to be home too like you mentioned like oh yeah we don't have to wake up eight o'clock we don't have to go to school like he's excited we'll do this and that but now they're realizing that they're missing like missing their friends a lot like my son's like oh i really need to do i need to have that interaction with my friends so now he has like two friends he always does like zoom call with like twice a week to just kind of keep up but they are missing that inter interaction. Like, you know, like so many things you miss. They're like, oh, you know, this is towards the end of the year. We usually want to like, have fun in school. We're not doing a whole lot of work, but they're not getting to do that, you know? So it was like, it was really, it was really like an adjustment. It is really an adjustment. I mean, nobody knows what's going to happen. Like what summer is going to do. They're probably not the thing. Everyone is wearing masks in 2020. So you will never be. <laughs> and you know, I know the funny thing. I'm going to, I'm going to put a spin. You know, Nigeria, they carry last. The, the, the last thing I saw was Nigeria people making masks that match your outfit. I'm like, you, yes. know, you have to put that stuff in the spin to it. Like, you, oh, yeah. you might as well have fun because we're all in this together. Oh, so you know, I mean, that mask that goes with my Gucci outfit, you know, let's see I'm how you. <laughs> like, you have to get creative. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I usually shop Banana Republic. No, I've been getting like emails from them, like masks now available. I said, okay. Oh my lord! We oh might as well enjoy the creativity. I mean, you can like you if you if you get up all tight and like oh no, this has to end, this has to end. Then you know, 2020 is going to pass. 2021 will come, and you don't want to have regrets of like how you leave this particular. It's rough. It's definitely it's rough. It's different. 
but it's going to pass. So the whole idea is having that mindset that this will pass. What did you do with it in the end? Like, were you frustrated all the way? And then 2021, you're still frustrated. Oh, 2021 is bad. Yes, it is bad. But it's always a headway. We have to figure it out. Take patience and calm down. Take prayers and figure yourself out. And just kind of slowly take it one day at a time. But it will pass. It's just, I, I'm one person that just has to, hates to say, regrets what happened yesterday because I was just thinking about, I was frustrated about it. And then I just kind of lingered on till the end. Let me so, a question. One of the other doctors that I interviewed, and it's, it's interesting that you are the first one who has mentioned family at home, and that actually resonates with me because my entire family is at home. Yeah. A couple of drops here and there, but majority of my life, my heart beats yeah. at home. Yeah. So it's, it's nice that you mentioned that, and that also throws in the nice little you know, curveball of being a foreign medical graduate where many people take it for granted, you know, your uncles and your aunties and whatever are here and you can maybe just Zoom call them. For Nigeria to make a Zoom call, you gotta have data. Yeah. Just, you know, this is, it's, it's hard to explain to someone who doesn't know that this is actually real for us. Like, which of my families am I worried about? And if my dad, who is in his late 70s, smells the virus because he has diabetes if he smells it is a whole different conversation you know for for me as, as a person so I, I definitely i appreciate you throwing that in so i had dr catherine who is also a nigerian and she mentioned her husband and her had to reconnect how has that been for you her husband and her had to do what Reconnect, like it was a, it was a, a, because she, I think both of them are physicians. And so yeah. go here, go there, go there. And then this lockdown made them like, actually like reconnect with each other. And I thought that was a nice way to look at it. She has children, but she specifically said, even her husband, she realized that she didn't really know him, know him, you know, because we we just hit the ground running every day. How has that been for you? Has it been a challenge or anything new? So, so to that effect, this has actually been a positive, positive for us. My husband, like I believe, this is my sixth year moving to the U.S. My husband has always shuttled between here and Nigeria and Africa because he, he's, not, he's more like a businessman, like telecommunications engineer. He has his own business, but he has business in Nigeria and Africa. So he stays a couple of months here and then he's gone. Mm. So it's in between the kids like, oh, daddy's here. And then after a few months, he travels. Mm. Luckily, his lockdown was here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, because his lockdown happened here, because we were waiting for the whole like permanent residency stuff. So his lockdown happened here. So it's one of the parts because he the whole idea was going to be gone by February, March. And then things just kind of that's how like God works in mysterious ways. So it just kind of lingered on. So now like everything, of course, efforts is lost to June. So we are happy that this happened with us inside. Of course, everything is not rosy. Being inside in one in, in one house, kids not going out, there's always you're always going to have something come up. But it's nothing that you've that has been out of the ordinary. So for me, family wise, and spending time with my husband and my kids, spending time with my husband and their dad, which like in a year might be five months or like four months out of the whole year, this was a very good positive for us. Like completely positive, <laughs> completely positive notes. Yeah, you are really opening up levels that I didn't think about, which is the whole idea of this platform. Just levels I didn't think about. I didn't consider the fact that your husband could have easily been quarantined. Yeah, at home. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, I would not have survived that. That would that would have been more depressing for me because then you're know, he, you're going to, he's going to be worried about us. We'll be worried about him, and then kids are going to be worried like they can't spend enough time. Like with the homeschooling, he won't be able to help as much when I'm gone. So it would have been way more stressful. So I think this was just our blessing in disguise because we're worried about. I mean, we we're like, oh, he needs the paper so he can travel. He just kind of needs like something needs to come out. And then we were complaining that it's not done by March, but God had a different plan for us. So I was like, well, perfect. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing, this is, what, this is exactly what this COVID-19 chronicles is, because you will look back in a couple of years and children yeah. specifically will look back and say, remember that time that daddy was home for like a long time? Yeah. He didn't have, it wasn't like, you know, when, you're, when you have a business somewhere, you're always like, okay, for him, it's like, okay, I'm coming home and I'm going to go back. There was that, there's always that incipient leaving. But for him, he was like, now I'm just home. I'm relaxed enough because the children's anxiety level was 10 times less, yes. 10 times less than it could have been. So imagine you managing your anxiety, your work, your patient's anxiety at work in the ER during COVID. I know, very high enough. And your children, yeah. So this is such a blessing if you can say yeah. that again for those at the back that it is definitely a it blessing. was a blessing for me wow, wow. Yeah, such an blessing i did not yeah. know that but i'm happy to hear that so yeah. what about professionally how you are the first emergency room physician that i'm interviewing <laughs> this is this is going to be a treat just hearing from the pediatric emergency room perspective during covid19 how has it been oh i think the first few weeks of the COVID, like, you know, kids were not as affected as adults when this COVID thing started. Like, our ER was very empty. Like, you have probably, this is our ER that has maybe on a good day in the lobby, people waiting to be seen, maybe in the 20s. Like, in the whole department, maybe in the 60s and 100s. And within the first week or two, we would have less than 10 in the whole department, like, if any. So which is good, because then it seems like people were staying home, social distancing, they were needed. So which was perfect, because kids were not as affected. But then to an extent, somehow I knew that they said kids were not clinically affected, but I felt like kids were carriers. So they will have the virus, and kids that are cute and bouncing, you will want to go in the room not knowing they're infected. So towards the beginning time, I know, I mean, you know, like the whole PPE thing kind of changed over time. Initially, they said, oh, you don't need to wear PPEs because kids are not infected as much unless they have symptoms. Like, well, what symptoms are we looking for? That cute kid with the fracture might be the one that has the corona. And then they will come to me. And if I get infected and bring it home, like, how does that happen? So over time, it's, it continued to change. So it was one, it was about like having to start wearing PPE. Like it's bad enough that everywhere, like have a lot of people with like you have masks and gown and goggles every single day to see patients, which was good. You have to protect yourself. We unfortunately enough, we never went through the phase of not having PPE. My hospital always had the PPE, maybe in part because I know, maybe in part because children were not as affected or they got every law they asked for. We always had PPE. But now, like initially, we've gradually uh, started increasing. So now kids are having the multi-inflammatory system uh, illness in pediatrics. Our numbers are picking up. Now we're getting to see patients, kids that are infected by the fevers, long days are getting admitted. So now we're going this way. We don't know if it's because it's a new thing being found out or because people are going outside now compared to before. 
So in our ear, the numbers are going up. So now it, like, it's, and you know, yes, maybe as a doctor, I go in the room all dressed up and I go out. I don't have to go in multiple times. But sometimes I felt like really bad. I'm also very appreciative for our nurses. They go into those rooms multiple times. So they don't off, they don't on, they don't off, they don't on, they don't off multiple times. So when you're like, one of them is like, you know, I am tired of having to wear this over and over again. You know what I mean? And you're like, yes, I know this person has a child. You're thinking, will I be the one that will take this, see this patient, provide all the care and take this home with me? Like, it's always at the back of you. You can see like so many thoughts and words and anxiety, like even in the work environment, you notice it's so high, you know? And of course, like when you come to kids, when you, most of the time I don't work in a trauma area, but you know, the people that work in trauma area, you go there, you're like, oh, you have to get like all dressed on it. Are you going to be able to protect yourself fast enough to be able to go in the rooms and be saving the life at the same time? So just the whole lot of thoughts going on, like you have to get done, you're sweating underneath. And people like complain about masks when you have to get all this done in a room that has about 10 people trying to save your life, sweating as much. So there's just a whole, like it, like this whole frontline thing, it's not easy. We're lucky that we didn't have to go with them. Now in, I keep imagining those that are in the ICU and having to wear that every single day. I don't know how to do it, but it was hard. So this is medical. Do you know what I, do you know the one word that I have? Burnout. Yes. That's the one word I can, because just the way you're telling me, the nurses, you know, and I've, we've seen some videos on social media, yes. crying, I'm quitting their job, just leaving. But, you know, there's some, I was taking notes and I, sometimes I write a note and I, I don't. We're going to go back a little bit. I want you to talk about, I want you to, to, to tell me if you think this theory that I just came up with is right. You think the paucity of children in the ER at the beginning was, and then now seeing the cases was because the parents were indeed quarantining with the kids at home. So the parents were giving the kids, so it took about 14 days for the kids to now manifest symptoms. And I know you mentioned multi-system inflammatory disease. People don't know that that's something called Kawasaki, which like, usually in medicine is like, you have a case of Kawasaki, let's go see, because it's like, it's, it's like, you want Kawasaki? You want some more Kawasaki? You know, like everybody's getting it now. Yeah. Not an easy disease, okay? No. It's not something that is, I don't know how many percentage, um, fatal, like, or, you know, you get that. Like, um, exactly. The cardiac effects. And we don't even know. And you know, the difficult thing about this particular one is that we don't know all the things it causes eventually. It's still opening. So some people might have the cardiac effects and people might have the abdominal. We don't know enough about this illness to talk about it. We just know it's causing a couple of weird things that we don't know. And it is happening. So even beside this multi-system, you know, you mentioned about the kids staying home with parents. The other aspect we saw was parents coming in late with their kids. I mean, I see like I saw like a patient that the the kid fell down the school, fell down at home two days before, and had a fracture. But mom just didn't want to come into the ED. So you know, like a band-aid and band-aid and over over fixing at home was a problem. Like burns that should have been dressed in the ear, but everyone was scared to come in. So people just kind of stay home, bandit in and bandit in. We don't want to come in like you because you're scared of getting sick, but then your kid is getting a complication for something completely different. So it was just hard. Like I wrote, like recently wrote like an article on motherly on like five different summer injuries that people were sitting on the fence of coming in, like burns, um, 
lacerations, like fractures, animal bites. These are things that if you're not sure what to do, you need to see, be seen early. Because after 12 hours or 24 hours, you can't cause the laceration again. You know? So we saw those ones seem to stay home longer because they don't know when to come in. <laughs> Let me <laughs> tell you you have really opened... I, thank you for this. Oh my God. And I, like I said at the beginning, it has been therapeutic for me personally, just even because I've been working at home, I've had a little yeah. bit of guilt. Like I should be out there in the front lines. I should be out there helping my- Oh, uh, you're aware on the front line what you're talking about. Yes, and so family. being at home, and of course taking care of a different uh, population of kids, teenagers, mental health. But still, I just felt like I should see a couple of kids with a fever. I should, I felt a little bit of guilt. This has actually brought it home to me because you mentioned late presentation to the ordinarily would present. Yes, that is a third world country right there. Yes. So here's the thing, here's the thing. My middle son, my middle man child, I like to call him, had a fracture when he was in college. He was playing volleyball and broke his fall and literally had a coolies fracture. Coolies, yeah. Okay. So guess what? Six weeks of that, of having the cast was here. I didn't take him in to have his cast in there. Yeah. You're not the only one I'm telling you. He's 19 years old. I said, mama will fix it. And I, I didn't do anything. I just made sure he had his cast on and then he took off his cast and I babied it and loved on it and his hand is A-OK. I was like, but also what that tells you is, could it be that in the past we were also over slash misusing our that is certainly a good aspect because you know uh there's something called um left without being seen and in the ear we have like different categories of patients like level one to level five a good part of the ear that most of the some of the patients i see are patients that i just say you know your kid can be managed at home you don't need to be here but some of them are just like they don't really know what to do which is like what education is all about like your child will benefit from nasal suction, which you can do at home. You don't have to come in for me to suction a child because you know when they're infants, like when they're less than one and they have like a little bit of cold, they don't want to feed well because their nose needs suctioning. Exactly. So they come in because either they don't know the difference or they don't want to try at home. So they come in for their child to have the nasal suctioning and we stop seeing all that. We don't see that anymore. So that's like the misuse of the ER that was yes. in part cleared by this whole COVID thing. So yeah. people can understand, yes, you can still do a little bit of first aid. You can give the tender loving care at home. Our nurses are amazing, but we don't need you occupying space in the lobby oh, and getting other people infected or getting your child sicker from a nasal suction and things, little things you can do at home too. So it's perfect for people to learn that too. So it was a like, good thing you mentioned that. And then also I was gonna mention, I don't know if your hospital offered this or not, but this is where telemedicine became the go-to. And then I mentioned this because people that make a big fuss about, oh my God, COVID-19, I stayed at home for six weeks. In 1918, there was something called Spanish flu. Flu. Nobody had telemedicine. Nobody (laughs) had How the hell did they manage? That we have right now. So I say to you, listening to me complaining, sit, take two seats because... You have technology, Advantage. technology in yeah. 2020 that we never yeah. got. Okay, so 
Wonderful. This is great. And then, of course, the next thing I wanted to mention is those parents who you tell to go home and suction their nostrils, those are the ones that come and tell me at the office, they didn't do anything for me. I mean, that's true. That's what they said. They didn't do anything. Uh, we went there. We just went there for four hours. They got $500 bill. Well, I, I know. <laughs> I know. They didn't do anything. And then the last group is, I've always wanted to say this, Nigerian parents in Nigeria versus parents in America. The mindset of being able to try something by yourself at home has always been, for me, more prevalent in Nigeria. Try something first, which is not always, you know, I mean, if the child yeah. has a for meningitis, that's different. Yeah. But those parents are willing to try something first. Sure. Then sure. here, he has another rash. Well, ma'am, it's eczema. Yeah, but this time around is worse. I know. There's but, a lot of misuse. Oh, my God. There's a lot of misuse. There's a lot of, a whole lot of misuse. Yeah. Wow. Which, I mean, which is why they need like a lot of education. Yeah. Yes. Education. Yeah. Education. Yes. And also, have a, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. And also being open-minded to receive said education. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Cause you know, unfortunately, yes. Sometimes I see patients are coming for a second opinion. I'm like, actually, I think your doctor was right. If you want, I can explain it again. Maybe they needed a little more explanation or maybe it's just a voice of how to say it. But we're all on the same page. It's not an ear infection. You don't need antibiotics. Like, it's not, this rash is viral. It will go away with time. But sometimes you need a little bit of belief, too, that we know what we're saying. But sometimes I don't blame them, maybe because they've had a bad experience in the past. But sometimes you need to believe, too, that it's not always a bacterial infection. You know what? And I know you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm like the number one mercenary. I'm like out there when it comes to antibiotics. As a matter of fact, I wrote an article on <sighs> Kevin MD that went viral on Kevin MD and it was called Doctor. Does that patient really need those antibiotics? You yeah, know, most of the time they don't. As a pediatrician, we are the, you know, we're, we're the ones that they come to with, with say, well, the other doctor gave an antibiotic because it was green mucus. And then at that point, you know, you don't want to throw other doctors under the bus. Under the bus, yeah. Like, uh, Ma'am, you know what? You really don't need an antibiotic. And then, because I used to, you know, work because I work with telemedicine, they now feel a need to say, "Well, you know what? Can I see another doctor?" And you know, and it, and then guess what? They will find the doctor who will give it to them. And then Which I now. Which is sad. Which is really sad. No, like I as much as don't try to throw doctors on the boat. But I tell them, you know, you might want to check with your doctor again. And I explain to them, yellow, red, blue mucus does not save. I explain it to them like that. Rainbow not mucus, rainbow, the color of Dr. Lulu's shirt. No, it's like it doesn't yes. matter. <laughs> exactly. I said, look at your child bouncing off the wall, mom. Yes. I have kids too. I don't want to give your child what I would not give my kid. Sometimes it works, sometimes it does not. But I please go check with your doctor. I will not be the one to do wrong just because you want to. I am more concerned about the child, not about the way you feel right now. So let's just come to a conclusion, but I wouldn't do this. Not today. Your child does not need that medicine. And like I said, always enter pediatrician. We have this different mindset. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I have a friend whose husband, I'm sure he's a good doctor, but like within three minutes, he was like, oh, I just gave him Zitromax. I said, wait, what? He no, just, my God. Yeah, but he has, yeah, he says, yeah, but he has, other complications like what this was three minutes on the teledoc call like what and and the guy has an antibiotic and there is a happy customer but there is prescription resistance resistance, and then there's you know uh herd immunity all the crazy things exactly exactly yeah 
Wow. This has been amazing. I don't know. I don't know about there's you. There's one more. There's one more. There's yeah. one more quiz I wanted to go. No, no, no. no. We're not doing it. I was just going to oh, say yeah, yeah, okay. it has been, it has been oh, yeah. because I needed oh, yeah. to get it. After yesterday's drama, I needed, oh. I needed a sister, really, who will get me and then who will get it. Well, yes, I get it. And woke this morning. Get it. I get it. <laughs> Being able to just share this and just have this platform and just laugh and also still yeah. talk about the serious stuff because it needs to be talked about. So the last segment before you tell me yours, I don't so I don't forget the yeah. I just need you to tell us like just maybe two or three pointers as advice, words of advice, words of healing, something that the parents can take home or other doctors can also take home. How you have been able to for you, I think it's kind of painted the picture there. How you've been able to just make it eventually work for you, and um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and tell me what you were going to tell me. Okay, so the last aspect was besides seeing the medical, the mix of medical patients, our psych mental health patients went up so bad. Like even when our ER was not busy for kids that had medical issues, like I was having kids coming in depressed, suicidal attempts ingesting medications, kids that were not coping with the virtual platform, kids coming in with physical abuse, sexual abuse, all went up so bad. Like, I had never seen this amount in such a short time. And I understand that people are more inside and then like maybe teachers and people that we see outside and make a report, are not able to check in anymore. So our kids ingesting medicines, parents are overwhelmed, maybe not checking in on kids, kids cannot handle their mental health, and they're coming in because they're ingesting, taking a lot of medications, trying to die. So that's my main concern now, like what's going to be the COVID-19 chronicles for the mental health of our kids when this is all done? Like when we are physically standing, how are kids standing mentally? It's a huge concern. It's it is so such a huge concern at this point. That is so deep. Oh my goodness. You know, you need to come back to my regular podcast because we need to talk about that little piece that you just threw in because that is amazing. I need us to explore that more on my regular podcast. I am ready. I am ready. It's, it's because, deep. oh my freaking God, that is a whole hour. New topic. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole hour. You know why? Because the American government felt it was a wise decision to leave the liquor stores open during a COVID-19 pandemic where people have no work, no jobs, and are frustrated. And then you leave the liquor store as an essential commodity. That's one, okay? Then the second thing is, I did not know this, but I looked into, for my last month's um, newsletter, I looked, I, I, and if you don't know, my, my website is Teen Alive, and you should subscribe. Yeah, no, yeah. But here's the thing. I wrote about, I looked into domestic violence, and I didn't realize that apparently domestic violence and domestic abuse cases always go up during holidays. I never oh, yeah. connected it together. You as an ER doctor probably, I've just, oh, yeah. I just never really connected that during the holidays, Christmas, summer, da 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 but here's my question to parents who are domestic abusers, who are abusing their children. Are you kidding me? Like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, Girl, you, you have no idea. This morning, do you want me to go unleash the dragon at you this morning? Like, you have no idea. Like, you have no idea. When I read, sometimes I read a triage note of a patient I'm going to see, and I'm like, God, just help me. Like, 
I don't even want to hear what the story is. I just cannot examine one more girl for what possible sexual assault. Oh. I can I just cannot have the discussion one more time. Like sometimes, you know, there's some things you talk about and see and you come back and you give your kids a hug. Like it's like it takes you there sometimes. I'm like I just don't want to have one more of this discussion again. Yes, I get it. People are freaked out. People are concerned, locked up. But leave the dang kids alone. Like, you, they don't deserve to be burned on their skin. They don't need a natural laceration. They don't deserve to be suffocated. Like, in Columbus, a kid, seven-year-old, died recently. He's not the last one. This is 38 homicide. Yes. Child abuse. He was killed. It was on the news. This was over the weekend. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, he had numerous self I mean, numerous injuries, burns, cuts on his skin. There is a youngest sibling who has been removed from the house. But tell me, like, so this kid is gone. It was called because he was drowning. Nobody knows what the history is in the house. But there is a two-year-old who is going to grow up. And by God's grace, I hope he doesn't will leave out the trauma of how his brother died and how he has been. So it's. You know, this is another discussion. I cannot wait. I can't even, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and schedule you for Monday because I do my interviews for my regular podcast on Monday so we can just get out of the way because we're talking about ACEs here. We're talking about... Oh, oh yeah. We're talking about suicide. Here. We're talking about mental illness in children. Here. So that is my bread, butter, and cheese. Okay. So I'm so excited. Okay, we got it. Watching this, my other podcast is called Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Go look at it, listen to it, subscribe to it. But before you go, I do, I have to ask you this, Dr. Yes. How do you avoid burnout? How are you doing your work-life balance? Because this, you've, you've traumatized, your stories have traumatized me on a level that I'm like, how do you manage? Because my whole life I wanted to work in the ER because I like the space. But now I realize maybe I wasn't made for the ER. How do you manage? How? And I love what you said about you come home sometimes I want to just hug your kids. For me, the day I made my pivot, I came home and I didn't want to see my kids. I was buzzed because I had my seven-year-old patient who had tried to hang himself twice. So I was like, you know, I was just completely buzzed. I was one kid. You see this on a daily basis. How do you manage with your own? How do you stay sane? So I think one thing that I've learned to do before and after I'm driving is I pray. Like, I'm like, okay, God, this day is starting. Like, first of all, I'm not even, I don't, like, I would see, ER always has a mix of kids. So I'm like, God, help me know how to manage this kid right. Help me know what to do. Help me not get hung up on that patient that's going to bring me down mentally because I have to function enough to take care of the next one. And on the way home, I'm like, God, I'm done. I need to function back in the family. Like, help me modify this because I can't, like, there's no one going to do, do it alone. Some days I come back and, I mean, one day I remember about like a kid I saw, a seven-year-old, this was when my son, no, he was nine. And I just walked into him and said, can you, like, like, can you make me a normal child again? I just want to be normal and have kid and be a normal child, have normal parents. He's in custody of grandmother. And I came back home and I cried because that's the only way I could get do that. Like I cried it out. Like, this kid was as skinny as my, my son. He was nine at the time. I came back and cried. Like, yes, this is a crying moment. Let's cry it out because otherwise I will not be with you more. You did good. Because, you know, you did good because humans, and I know you mentioned it much, much earlier, that you tend to 
to stack things. Also to, yeah. Tend to stack thoughts. And we've been told, we've been taught by this guy called Nick Santos, who had no legs and one finger and one hand. He said he was he jumped on the ledge, he was about to jump, and then he realized, you know what? Let me deal with this thought right now. Let me analyze this thought right now. Otherwise, like most human beings, we'll stack them away and yeah. like boom. You know? Yeah. So you probably you did well that day, but also oh, just yeah. just always just analyze the thought right now. Let me just take care of it right this moment. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've learned to um, I've learned to just even if I don't analyze the thought, I just honestly just push it away and I'm and I'm gone. And the more I tell myself that, look, I'm I'm done with it. The more I believe it, and then the more I'm just able to continue without. And it's a little struggle, but then after a while, I'm like, you know, I just push it away because in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. And yeah. so, but I mean, not not your not yeah. that what I'm saying for me, yeah. just the tendency to stack thoughts. I just yeah yeah just pick it up yeah wow and then other things like i like to do things that make me entertained like i bake a lot my kids love cookies i'm like okay today like i have a lot of work to do but i'm not doing anything i'm just gonna bake my cookies and make my kids get calorie high yes and we would <laughs> and you know what those are the more healthy eating out of the way like well not today eating. not today you know that guy called um kida <laughs> hakita bruno mars he oh, said, yeah. hey, I just don't feel like doing feel like anything. nothing at all. Yeah. 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 That was my language Igbo that I spoke because every now and again, English just doesn't. Saw, yes, now, so the language. Take us back home. <laughs> I love this. I love what we're doing, girl. Yeah. I love uh, this. So, yeah, I am. I am. This is like, you know, it's just like you, I'm letting go of all this thing. Like, I am so happy that I'm talking all these things out. It is very cathartic to like you mentioned. This is just, it was perfect, I'm telling you. That was my intention. That was my intention. Yeah. And hopefully other people can watch us and also yeah. get, just kind of get the, catch the feeling through the screen. Yeah. And, you know, oh, wow. Sister, you have been the bomb. And thank you for uh, your day this morning because, you know, we ain't going to go there, but. Um, no. Yeah, I <laughs> That was good. That's, you gave me great. Give me grace this morning, and for that, I'm going to pay the grace forward today. So, my intention going forward today is to give everyone that I come across today grace because you gave me grace this morning. I'm going to get emotional, but you gave me grace this morning, you know. COVID hugs, let's get COVID hugs. Yes, Yes, virtual hugs. Oh my goodness, it's been awesome. So, like I said, I want you to tell us just two or three parting words, just two or three nuggets, a summary, or whatever, however you want to call it. I don't have a name for it, but just parting words. And of course, where the listeners can find you. If you have, you know, a book, wink, wink, that you're going to be writing. I know, wink, wink. <laughs> it's, it's like the book is, you know, it's, it's just kind of that book, You know but what? If you, if you, let me tell you something. If you get this video and transcribe it, that is your rough draft. I know. You were that masterclass. Remember when I said any, any, yes, this was your rough draft. You can literally take this rough draft and just build on it. Just a little bit, because you know, right? You know, you give me a free tip. That was $500 an hour worth of information I just gave you for free. See, oh gosh, I got a free thing on the, on the Thursday morning. <laughs> next Thursday is going to be there on YouTube. It's going to come out next Thursday. On <laughs> just go download that thing and just transcribe it. And there, my friend, is your rough draft. And you can name it what you like. But that's yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you, you, know, you touched on everything that you need for, for a book for parents. 
about yeah. what your children, what your, what you should know before going to the ER. I don't know, whatever. That's a good, yeah. that's a very yeah. good title right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That's a really good tip. I like it. Because sometimes, you know, we think we want to write a book about X, but really, why is begging us to write us? Exactly. Say, so, okay, why? Why are you here? You know? get you. Yeah. And, 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 and then, and then there, you, there lies your bestseller. Why you're too? Because there's a reason there's a block. There's a reason you haven't started writing that book because you're not there yet. So yeah. what I did with my books, I, I, I started the first book. But I couldn't finish it, so I stopped and I finished the second book. And I wrote and finished the second yeah, book. So. Okay, so I want you to do that. Maybe this is what you needed to talk about. This, everything. Probably. Yeah. The power of just bearing your heart out as a doctor. It could even just be COVID-19 Chronicles by Dr. Nkiru. I mean, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I mean, people want to read about it. People want to know, oh my God, what is this multi-something? Therein lies your bestseller, right? Yeah. yeah. Look at the free tip. Wow. So let's so, have so, your tips. <laughs> so, so what I would say is 2020 is going to be a year that will pass by just like 2019. Let's not, this is tough. It's changed. The world is going to change after this. We're going to wear masks. We're going, more people might be a little more aggressive, a little more hurtful, but let's choose the easier way of kindness, of smiling, of prayers, because that's the only thing that's going to get us through. Like if you build up anger over time or frustration, it's just not going to hold you by the coat and drag you down. It's not easy to be positive. It's not easy to know how to move on. And it's not positivity and being like kind. And it's not something you can fake. It's something you have to know that it's helpful and slowly trying to build on it. Because we, like I mentioned before, I am one that never wants to move on to the next stage, regretting why I didn't do this before. Let's not move past through 2020 and get into 21. And we're frustrated about Trump because he didn't do the right thing. Frustrated about our governors because they shut us down. Frustrated about this. No, let's make a decision of what we want to use the rest of it to do. If you're uh, supposed to wear masks for other people to be kind, for other people to protect yourself and other people, do it with a good intent. All this hatred and anger for one person or the other, it's not worth it. Like, it only drags you down. You look like Joe. I started listening to Joe Austin recently. He said, Fight your battle, fight, know which battles to fight. Not all of them are worth fighting. You're fighting the person that made you angry and you're forgetting the purpose you're supposed to be chasing. So, 2020 is going to pass. So, being a little more mindful of how we're being kind to people and patient. And please check in on your family, the kids, because so many people, as much as you know, I mean, as much as we don't know, we're frustrated. There are other people that are going through things that are worse than you. They're indoors or maybe homeless and no food. So it goes a long way, checking in on other people to see how they're doing, people that have kids that are that maybe lost their kids, suicide, or maybe people that have a lot of kids that are overwhelmed in the house. Checking on people. Yes, I am frustrated because I didn't go out for a whole month. I didn't go to do shopping. But that's the list of someone else's problem that has no money for food. So always think about, like, if you think you don't have shoes, some people do not have legs. Hello. Yes. And, and, and you, don't, you don't go take their shoes. And exactly. Because the thing about it is what you said is, is exactly what's playing out now. Don't go killing black folk because you have a gun and you're frustrated. Yes. So, yes. Out and say it because we need to put a time stamp on it. Yes. We need yes. to put a time stamp on what's going on. Don't go killing black people because you think you can. Because you're frustrated. With, everybody is in COVID-19 together. 
Yes, you know, for everyone is the same. It's the same 2020. We're all suffering the same thing. Yours is not different. You're not in 2019. Yeah, you're in 2020. Mm -hmm. So don't think you're more COVID than you. You're not more COVID (laughs) than me. I'm not. Let's make it a verb. You know. (laughs) Please, please. yes. We want we want our kids to be here. Just like yeah, we want, want to get to be here. Yes, yes, yes. We don't want to get deal with here and then we lose our kids like years from now because we didn't fix it. No, we have to be mindful. We have to know what we're doing. And please take a break. Go bake some boogies and eat some ice cream. Ice cream. And just please, for God's sake, take a break. It's not worth it. Yes, money will always be there. The comparisons and all wanting to be here and here. Please, guys, take a break. Shut down. Shut down when you want to shut down. Be happy, watch movies, just do something that makes you happy, that brings you back to sanity. Because you can't, you can't give what you can't, you can't give what you don't have. You can't, like, you, you have to have it. Break it down. Like, and you know what? Why are you thinking, you know, you're, you don't have a big house, you don't have it. I'm going to call her, even Oprah in her big old house is stuck at home. Like, yeah. you, <laughs> it's, nobody's going anywhere. Like, Oh, if there's ever been a time to become mindful and more meditative and now. just intentional and, you know, more present in the moment is now, which is the definition now. of now, you know? Yeah, it um, is now. It is now. Thank you so much, Dr. Nkiru. I am, thank, thank you so, so much for having much. me. I'm happy you did it. Now I'm awake. Like I did, I, I'm post-qual, I'm very awake. Now I have to go watch a movie. <laughs> I know, you know, I, I didn't want to put your business out there. She literally, for those listening, she literally just finished call. This yeah, morning, yeah. pediatrics. That's it. You know. Thank you so much, sister, girlfriend. Thanks thank for having me. Yeah. So we'll talk about the podcast. Yeah. Buzz me yeah. anytime. Yeah. Thank happy. you so much for even the people that are watching us. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you for watching. Yeah. I hope you 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 learned a thing or two about yeah. Life, you know. And yeah. Cool yeah. About just yeah. Whatever. We don't want to rehash. Yeah. Just press rewind. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm on Facebook. Um. I'm on Instagram. Yes. You may have to put the name. It's Dr. Underscore N O R A J I A K A. I do more um, Instagram, a little bit of education than um, other stuff. And then I have like my uh, blog that where I write like things from stories of my encounters. And then I, I need turn your them blog. Into yes, that's a good it's, one. I didn't know yeah. you had a blog, girl. I didn't know oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. It's so Dr. Inkir. Dr. Inkir, N K E I R U dot com. It's pretty, it's like over the past uh, month or two. Wonderful. So that's one of the things that COVID-19 gave birth to. This is Yeah, wonderful. yeah. So go check her out on, for Instagram, she's Dr. Underscore N-O-R-A-J-A-K-A. J-I-J-I-A-K-A. J-I-A-K-A. And then for her blog, it's Dr. Nkeiru, N-K-E-I-R-U. Dot com. Fantastic. Awesome. All right, folks. This is Dr. Lulu, aka the mom attrition. (laughs) You are doing amazing. I'm telling you, sister, gosh, you are doing so good. This suicide thing, kids, has to end. It has to end. It has to end. So keep I am I am with you. I am behind you. I am ready to talk anytime. Like just keep. Monday, Monday. I'll make it a point. I'll make it happen. Yeah. Thank you so much. And then just go about your business. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for you gracing too. Thank you for gracing our pages as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Lulu. I'm gonna see you guys next week with another interesting doctor sharing their lives about COVID-19 and what has happened to them. All right, folks. Deuces.
Bye.